0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome to Simply the Bible, the through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Darryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Pharaoh Necho comes from Egypt to battle near the Euphrates, and Josiah goes against him in battle. But this is an ill-fated decision. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 2 Chronicles chapter 35 on Simply the Bible. It is a wonderful thing to be used by
0: God. It is joyous to know that the Lord is with you. But there is also danger in this for a person who has been used by God, who has received gifts from God, can start thinking that he has something to do with it. And pride comes before a fall. Now, King Josiah of Judah had been mightily used of God. He had brought about a great spiritual revival to the nation. He had taken down the pagan shrines of worship and destroyed the carved and molded images. He renewed the covenant with the Lord and celebrated Passover with Israel and Judah in a way that had not occurred since the days of Samuel the prophet. But today, we will see that he became a victim of his own success. We continue in Second Chronicles 35, verse 20. After all this, when Josiah had prepared the temple, Nico, king of Egypt, came up to fight against Carchemish by the Euphrates. And Josiah went out against him. But he sent messengers to him, saying, What have I to do with you, king of Judah? I have not come against you this day, but against the house with which I have war. For God commanded me to make haste, refrain from meddling with God who is with me, lest he destroy you. Nevertheless, Josiah would not turn his face from him, but disguised himself so that he might fight with him and did not heed the words of Nico from the mouth of God. So he came to fight in the valley of Megiddo. Now the year is 609 BC. The Assyrians had been the world dominating power, but 3 years earlier they were driven out of their capital city of Nineveh by the Babylonians. They regrouped at Carchemish and were now launching a counterattack against the Babylonians with the aid of Pharaoh Nico of Egypt. And Pharaoh did not like the Babylonians. So he came to the help and aid of the Assyrians. He was moving north to help them when Josiah confronts him. Now, the big problem here is that Josiah really had no business being in this battle, and God didn't call him into it. We don't really know what his reasons were for getting involved. Now, there are some commentators that speculate that Josiah really didn't like the Assyrians, and wanted to do whatever he could to help the Babylonians, and so this is why he was resisting Pharaoh Nico, who was uh, coming along the trade route there through the valley of Megiddo. We don't really know what all the, his reasons were for getting involved. We just know that he had no business doing so, and there is a temptation to meddle, and I think the temptation is greatest after we have known a time of Success. There's a kind of invincibility knowing that God is with you, God has used you, and Josiah got involved in this. The Lord never told him, He never inquired of God, He just went ahead and did it on His own. But there's some definite warnings in Scripture against that. Proverbs 26 17 says, He who passes by and meddles in a quarrel not his own is like one who takes a dog by the ears. Now, I think it might make a difference what kind of a dog it was. Our son has a little Yorkshire Terrier. That wouldn't be so bad as grabbing a Rottweiler by the ears. But uh, it is not advised to get involved in a quarrel that is not your own. In 1 Peter 4.15, Peter was speaking to Christians who were suffering for their faith. And he said, if you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief, or any other kind of criminal, or even as a meddler. So don't get involved in meddling in other people's affairs. And then Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 4.11, Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and to mind your own business. So stay in your lane, in other words. Now, it's interesting that Pharaoh Nico would say to Josiah, Look, don't mess with me because... God has commanded me to make haste. So refrain from meddling with God who is with me, lest he destroy you. Now that doesn't sound like the normal words of a pagan king, but we shall see that God is sovereign in the affairs of nations. And he would call Nebuchadnezzar, who didn't even know him, my servant. So Pharaoh Nico had the confidence that God was sending him on this mission and that if Josiah got in the way, God would mess with Josiah, which is exactly what did happen. So he was really speaking the words of God here, but um, Josiah didn't pay any attention to him. And this was sort of the sins of stubbornness and pride. Now, Galatians six three says, if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. I mean, I can understand where Josiah might think, well, who are you to talk to me? You know, you're just a an idolatrous king of Egypt, and I know the Lord. And, you know, who are you to tell me that you're speaking for God? I mean, I could see where Josiah might think that. But at the very least, he should have inquired of the Lord to see, okay, God, am I right in this? Is this something you are calling me to? Am I fighting your battle here? But he didn't do any of that. And I think it was just his own pride. And so he entered into this fight in the Valley of Megiddo. The Valley of Megiddo is, of course, the place where there have been many battles historically, and ultimately the Battle of Armageddon will take place there. Now, Josiah disguised himself. We don't really know why. Did he just want to just be one of the boys out there fighting, or was he doing this so that he wouldn't be targeted as king? We don't know. But the archers shot King Josiah, and the king said to his servants, Take me away, for I am severely wounded. Now, it's interesting he didn't listen at first when Pharaoh Necho told him to not get involved. But now that he's wounded, he wants to be pulled out of the battle. And I think, you know, a lot of times we don't really listen to when God is first speaking to us. But when we get hurt, well, now suddenly we're listening uh, to what he told us to do all along. It would be better to listen to him at first than to get hurt, uh, disobeying his commands. So he said, take me away for I'm severely wounded. And his servants therefore took him out of that chariot and put him in the second chariot that he had. And they brought him to Jerusalem. So he died and was buried in one of the tombs of his fathers. Just a tragic ending to a very godly king. And all Judah and Jerusalem mourned for Josiah. Jeremiah also lamented, Josiah, and to this day all the singing men and the singing women speak of Josiah in their lamentations. They made it a custom in Israel, and indeed they are written in the laments. Now, I don't know of any other king of Judah or Israel for that matter uh, that had such lamentation over his death. Josiah was a very popular king, a a loved king. There had been a string of bad kings. So people were loving the fact that Josiah was such a good king. And so they lamented his death. And even Jeremiah, who was a prophet during the time of Josiah, lamented his death. These were not the lamentations that Jeremiah would later write about the fall of Jerusalem. But uh, Jeremiah probably understood that he was... The last good king before the next three sons of Josiah would be very bad kings. Now, there's an interesting connection here in this mourning over Josiah with what will happen in the future. Because we read in Zechariah chapter 12 that in the last days when Jesus returns and he comes again, he sets his foot on the Mount of Olives and it splits in two. And at that time, the Jews are going to look upon him and realize that he is their Messiah, that they rejected him. And it says here in Zechariah, I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication, and they will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son, and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. In that day there shall be a great mourning in Jerusalem, like the mourning at Hadad-Rimon in the plain of Megiddo. And so what the Lord is saying here is that the people will look upon the one whom they've pierced, Jesus Christ, and they will mourn for him as they mourned for Josiah here in the plain of Megiddo, When he died. Verse 26. Now the rest of the acts of Josiah and his goodness. According to what was written in the law of the Lord. And his deeds from first to last. Indeed they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. Then the people of the land took Jehoahaz the son of Josiah. And made him king in his father's place in Jerusalem. Jehoahaz was 23 years old when he became king and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. Now, Jehoahaz was the youngest son of Josiah, so it's interesting that the people passed up uh, the two older sons of Josiah who would later be kings, uh, Jehoiakim, who was two years older, and Zedekiah. They would pass them up and choose the younger Jehoahaz and it's speculated that Perhaps it was because Jehoahaz also, like his father, supported Babylon and was antagonistic against Assyria, and perhaps that is why the people chose him to be king. But he only reigned for three months, and he was evil. It says now that the king of Egypt opposed him at Jerusalem, and he imposed on the land a tribute of 100 talents of silver and a talent of gold. So if Jehoahaz was in fact a supporter of Babylon, this would explain why Pharaoh Necho deposed him, got rid of him, and then imposed a tribute there in Jerusalem. And they had to pay 7,500 pounds of silver and 75 pounds of gold. Then the king of Egypt made Jehoahaz's brother Eliakim, king over Judah and Jerusalem, and changed his name to Jehoiakim. And Necho took Jehoahaz, his brother, and carried him off to Egypt. So he didn't like this guy. (laughs) He did not like Jehoahaz. He chose Eliakim, his brother, who was two years older than him. Now his name meant God raises up. But Pharaoh Necho changed it to Jehoiakim, which means Yahweh raises up. It's interesting that he changed his name to the personal name of the Lord, Yahweh, and then took Jehoiahaz captive to Egypt. And so we see the end of a very, very good King Josiah, the last good King of Judah. And the tragic end, really, because he, at his prime, at a time of great success, is when it started going to his head. And he got involved in things that he shouldn't have gotten involved in. And and that's just a good lesson for us to remember If God starts using you, just make sure that you're fighting his battles and not meddling in those areas where you shouldn't be. Stay in your lane. Keep yourself in that place where you're abiding in the Lord that he can continue to use you. And be careful of being tempted to get beyond
1: that which God has called you to do. You've been listening to Simply the Bible. The Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have questions or comments, please email us at daryl at calvarytv.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L at calvarytv.org. Tomorrow we'll see where, following Josiah, three bad kings reign in Judah until God brings Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon to destroy Jerusalem and take the people captive. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Chronicles on Simply the Bible.